Hey, welcome to Big Screen Auckland. I'm Corey. I'm Nigel. We're all exhausted after the film fest. Man, that was a flat out couple of weeks there. So we actually recorded Harry Potter straight after the premiere about four weeks ago. And we've had this episode banked for occasions such as this. We're going to dive into an oldie bit of goodie. <laughs> it is a bit of goodie actually, because we get quite passionate about it. We launch into a debate. I'm quitting cool. if Harry Potter episode is our best episode. <laughs> <laughs> we've still got the Your Highness argument bang. Oh, look, you guys should look forward to if you ever see Your Highness <laughs> on the descriptions. That thing was a fucking trite. Let's roll. And then we'll come back to real time afterwards to give you the what's on. So don't panic, we're not giving you movies four weeks old. Okay, I'm not going to embarrass myself with Harry Potter slang and call you all muggles and shit, but uh, this is the Harry Potter special of Big Screen Auckland. I'm Nige. And Corey. You just kind of did embarrass yourself with the word muggles, but that's... You're going to far outdo me in this. I'm fucking the king of this shit, right? Have I been impressing you lately? I know all <laughs> oh, this... so impressed. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Went and saw 7 and 7B double feature premiere Eight. midnight extravaganza. Everyone but us was in fucking Hogwarts outfit. Everyone but us was a 13 year old girl. Yeah. <laughs> it's pedo central actually. <laughs> School uniforms and shit. What's wrong with society as a whole? Just to throw that deep thought out there. It got me confused because I, you know, I've missed this whole Harry Potter thing. The whole hype, the buzz. Like you've, by. as background, you've had 10 years of reading the books. I came to the books real late. Like there was book five out by the time I found them. So mm. I quickly read like six in a row, mm. like a geek reader, and then slowly watched the films and then waited. And it was like film, second to last book, film, last book, film. I've soaked it up. The book's multiple, <laughs> once or twice each. Whereas I've just ignored it until the last two weeks. So I've been introduced to Harry Potter in the last two weeks and watched all eight films I haven't read a single word of it have yep. worked out I don't need to so I didn't know who the target audience was I just knew it was a phenomenon that I didn't give a shit about so I was really surprised to see it all late teen girls who had probably always been the same age as Potter when they read or saw the movie or whatever yeah fucking loving it they giggled over dialogue I was missing out on shit they were gasps at the right <gasps> yeah. time when it was like a reveal of someone dead Every they were taking time the shit personally a yeah. schoolboy would crack a joke it was peals of laughter the projectionist had fucked it up and it started off uh, it had oh. dropped by about a quarter this and it ran for about fucking... 60 seconds no oh, longer than that I think oh okay Corey's what? obviously one of the schoolgirls. there was nearly tears in the audience people have waited their whole life for this fucking midnight screen it was like, premiere it was like whimperings whimperings of like fix <laughs> and they're like oh no like realising their dreams were being destroyed and nothing Just... happened it was the same intro as they have in all the movies it exactly like... then the title card and then it fixed and then they all clapped yeah fucking were they happy when he fixed it they but were or, I or think you were he opened a door he opened a window or something in the projection room into the cinema to listen or have a closer look or something that was unnecessarily loud yeah it could have been I don't know they've got a system where they thread the film up through the ceiling and down to the next machine so all six cinemas are playing one film yeah like one physical piece of film and it's stretching miles down this fucking corridor it could have something to do with that maybe it's clacking through the ceiling above us and totally could have behind us the ceiling it was doing something that was loud and in a film that relies on it's quite pause moments every now and then you can yeah. hear that constant humming however I'm a big fan of projectors for some reason you're all about cinema paradiso I watch cinema paradiso yeah <laughs> so I don't mind and, that sound and glorious bastards it's like going to sleep with the rain yeah it's comforting no that was grinding my gears man that was drilling my back teeth it that was shit. pretty loud so you, you've soaked up all this pot of shit in the last fortnight yeah and there was girls everywhere and we rocked along to an event at 9 to see Harry Potter 7-1 and then followed by the midnight first in the world type shit screening of 7-2 what happened to weird 
abrupt ending at the 7-1 cutoff. It was a DVD. Something wrong with it. Oh, yeah. They didn't play the credits. That was weird. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're doing spoilers? Do they want to know who wins? Let's do a spoiler warning because this is a huge one. Yeah, me and Corey never watch ourselves. We're total dicks and we don't mind destroying films. Give so, us one. I'll give you one. Soil and Green is people. That's what we do. Nice and uh, we're happy about it. Let's destroy the whole world. Ruin everything. If there's some part of the Harry Potter world that you don't know and want to keep a secret, don't listen to this. Don't even skip forward to anything because... It's all of this. We're trashing the whole thing. <laughs> Not trashing. We're spoiling. Good man, good man. No holds barred. Here it comes. The first few were really difficult to get through, especially number two, which is a dreadful film. Painful, right? I'm on tape saying they get better. Well, yeah, but just to argue that, I mean, like Michael Melvin says, you should never have to suffer through that much to get to the good stuff. I can understand if you're like, look, the first 20 minutes is a bit dead, but it seriously pays off. When you're going, yeah, look, the first eight hours is a drag, <laughs> but the second eight hours, you're going to love it. That's a bit of a stretch. However, I'm a dick and committed myself to it, so I, uh, I did reach the good stuff. Good man. Forgot what I was going. Harry Potter. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Every movie had good points and bad points. The bad points got fewer as the films went on, thankfully. That's good. So I'm coming from that point of view. I've seen the whole thing, and I'm not 100% sure the payoff was worth it, but there was heaps to love in it. Corey's coming from an angle of... Oh, I loved it. Loved the books, loved the films. The ending was, you know, it was good. 7-1 was better than 7-2. They could recut that into an awesome film and just have them die much faster. But everything. You love everything about the Harry Potter and world. They're just, You're a they're huge just, fan. They just got it right. They're just adult enough in the last one. Like, in clothing and shit and manner and their posture and stuff like that, they've mm. really got it right. Where those three make quite the hero team. Mm. The good characters to spend two hours watching. Those yeah. three. And everyone else. It's fucking incredible, actually. Man, everybody's in it. Nah, it's good. <laughs> so that's, that's where he's coming from. Yeah. <laughs> good call. My maiden thing was I never liked the end of a film. True that. And this was like the whole thing was the end of a film. Which is why when you end a film, you have the Terminator sink his thumb into the molten pit. That's how you end a film. <laughs> Carry on. That's what they needed in this, more Terminators. Yeah. I mean, it started off with the whole robbing the bank sequence, which, once again, it was good bits and bad bits. I thought HBC, old uh, Helena acting as Hermione, acting as Bellatrix, was pretty cool. I thought she did a fucking great job. Then they went on this ridiculous roller coaster thing. We didn't get the 3D one, by the way, so I think the roller coaster sequence was for... 3D effect? And children. That whole sequence was really poor and ridiculous. Apparently, they've got this massive, miles-long cavern underneath the bank or something that leads to hell in a bottom card is safe. Sorry, Bellatrix is safe. I think there's lots of safes down there. They took that route. Yeah. It's in the... Don't defend it. <laughs> it was dreadful. You know, but then again, once they get the thing, they escape on this dragon, which is really fucking cool. That dragon was so heavy and clumsy and all like albino and cut to shit. And yeah. That sequence was awesome. So they have Quite this huge robbing the bank thing yeah. and then the rest of the film is them going back to school and having a fight. Like if you were to list the timeline of the film, what happened? They rob a bank, they go to school and have a fight. Yeah. That's the entire story of this 19 film. years later. And that was one minute. Exactly. That's how right. weak it is. That's why we True. were lucky to get both films in a row. As I said, the last book was better than the last film because yeah. they'd separated it. They should have been walking and doing a hell of a lot of camping and then rubbed a bank in the middle mm. and then gone and had the finale. Like, right, right, right. The book was better. I think it would have been worse if we'd have waited six months like me, not watched it again. Lucky I watched it again. That's for sure. Just turning up to watch the final, I would have been like, wow. It was just like, action, action, action to school. Action, 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 finish. Mm. Lucky I saw them both in a row. That was damn good planning. I hate to think what it would be like without it. Because I agree with you. It was all just getting shit out of the way. I didn't even really like how they tied the story up. That didn't bother me too much, but I wasn't impressed. I don't think for a payoff that that was 
I thought the last three were a real trilogy. As soon as Snape goes bad in front of us, right at the start of number six when he does the binding thing with HBC. Yeah. They then, sorry, with Narcissa. I got that wrong. <laughs> wow, even though you, you knew her name was Narcissa. From then, that whole last thing was a trilogy. The last three had their own story about, okay, now Snape's doing this, and why is he doing this? And it all gets worked out over those three movies. Yeah, school effectively finishes. Yeah, the first five are like episodes that drop hints about the last ones, but the last three are a trilogy. So to me, it's still cut badly. Even if 7A and B were one, yeah. it still doesn't work. Six was a really good film. Heaps cool action and the classroom stuff had really hit its stride. They were really neat characters to spend time with now and all the flirting and crushing and shit was actually working and stuff. But it felt really, really incomplete. It kept telling us stuff and not telling us why. And I know you were like, just wait, just wait. It's in, it's in the next one. It's in the next one. That's not good enough. That doesn't make for a good movie. That's like not even a trilogy. That's just they got one film and cut it into three. That's because it's from books. It's driven from books. They've got to take the same cuts as the books. Lord of the Rings would have been worse but Peter Jackson fucked with it and brought shit over. I've listened to him explain it on a DVD thing. When it's written for book and there's another one coming, another one coming. Like theoretically you could think of the whole thing as one giant 10 hour movie. Yeah. So, so what are you defending though? Like do you think that the books were, do you think I would have been fine with it in the books? Do they just drop in, oh by the way Snape's a baddie. How come? Doesn't matter. I'll tell you later. I think it's... The books would have done exactly the same thing, wouldn't they? No, because your Snape trilogy is only across two books, but maybe it comes in, you know, a third of the way through the second to last book. There's not three films based around it. It's a bigger thing in the films than it was in the books. Mm. To me, it was a writing fault, so I imagine the books are, are worse, to be honest. She still would have told you in book six that Snape was bad and not told you why. Yeah, that's true. Which you have to do pretty fucking well for it not to be unfair. Don't you think it's just a mystery? Not as a single entity. All the other ones have been standalone you can watch it's an episode this is year oh, six mean, at harry so potter school so your problem is why does six finish without the snape thing resolved yeah like it's not a single story no i think it is i think it is semi-resolved like you get a bit of information at the start of six Snape's working with the Bellatrixes and is still in good with the Dark Lord and you, the whole way through you're like is he? because he's helping Potter with oculumency lessons I think in that one to block out the bad guy mm, yeah. and at the end of it he kills Dumbledore Kapow full end instantly and it's like wow he's bad so he had a little episode there where he starts off we get him information yeah, from, is he bad and it finishes with yes he's bad and then the book 7 the last one starts with bad Snape he's now a new character he changes in book 6 yeah but there's no why the why doesn't come for another 2 films or another the whole book yeah that's, that's right. unfair what other movie does that no movie would finish with someone changing sides for zero reason no Sorry, I mean no good movie not a book would change but not good reason the entire way through he's got a mark on his arm he was a death eater he's still a bad guy you don't have much faith in him you don't know if Alan Rickman's good or bad in the book so he can change and then find out why he's always bad for five books Snape's a baddie because he's not Alan Rickman he's Snape and Dumbledore's the only one on his side our main character Potter and all his friends hate his fucking guts and he's the head of Slytherin the bad guys and he used to be a death eater he hates the fuck out of Potter's parents hates Potter viciously stops him from attending Quidditch matches and shit like that he's the bad guy in the film because Voldemort's never around Dumbledore's like nah he's cool don't worry about it and everyone else is like Snape's evil then the sixth film it's like holy shit Snape's actually bad sixth book sorry at the end of the sixth book it's like fuck not only is he bad he just killed Dumbledore wow wow Snape is now the evilest man in the world that was his thing and then seven right so you're saying it wasn't a double cross he didn't change sides in the book because you never had 
head the idea that he was good. Yeah, the entire time Whereas through. in the films, because it was portrayed by Alan Rickman, you know he's going to end up And it's actually good. quite beautifully well done because for six books, you're like, Snape's bad. And then Dumbledore's like, no, nah, he's not. Snape's bad, no, nah, he's not. Snape's bad, no, nah, he's not. Snape's bad, oh, he killed me. Wow, the only guy that trusted in him, he just killed. Wow, Snape's bad. Dumbledore's an idiot. He got himself killed. Wow. What about then the clues that it's not the last book? Didn't that put you on to, this is going to come back around? No, he's been revealed as a Death Eater. He's now But with... you know he's not, because it's not the last book. You know, you assume he is. He's bad until you get his memories in the last... So even though he killed Dumbledore at the end of the sixth book, and you knew there was a seventh book, you didn't have a clue that, oh, he's going to come back onto the good side? No. In fact, I read 20 conspiracy theories on the internet over that... So Six months, right, 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 and listen to thousand theories about if you can trick the Aveda Cadaver curse, if it could be someone that drank a potion disguised as Dumbledore, if he was actually greater than that and brought himself to life a couple minutes later. If you Google now, is Dumbledore reliable? It's insane. Snape's bad. Snape's good. Snape's a double traitor. Snape's a triple traitor. And all these fucking Potter geeks are rocking out like theories and essays on why and why not and things like that. Man, people took it seriously about whether or not he was bad. Ah, I see. At the end of six, there was no better question. It was a double part, double barrel question. Is Snape actually bad? Did he kill Dumbledore? Is Dumbledore dead? Nobody knew the answer to that. And then seven, it's like, well, no, they change it. In the film, they give Dumbledore a big funeral and shit. Whereas I think the book six cuts off. There's not even sitting around whinging. It's like he dies and the bad guys run away and the book ends. And book seven starts with them sitting around their room going, what are we going to do this summer? I can't believe that has killed Dumbledore. Wow, he's not coming back to life. Mm. That's when all those conspiracy theories were proven either right or wrong. Yeah, and it's not until you get the memories. You don't really know that Snape's in love with her the whole time. Or was in love with Potter's mum. And Potter's dad was actually a prick and bullied Snape for years, I think. Okay, then speaking from a movie guy's point of view, what we're on. <laughs> none of it paid off. Oh, okay, yeah. With no prior knowledge, as a film, it didn't work because it was really obvious. They painted Snape. Like, they had him all in a as, you know, Trent Reznor gear, all this emo black shit. That was good, though. That flies really well off him. What a great costume. Yeah, it does. But he looks like... He looks like a flying vampire bat. He looks like the baddest of the good guys. Yeah. He doesn't look like a bad guy. I've got to say, I like the special effect when he and others flew and teleported. There was a lot of moving back and forwards in this one. Mm-hmm. Like, actually shrinking. And when they flew, when they turned into puffs and stuff. I like that. The goodies and baddies have different ways of... Yeah, maybe they do. They seem to be... Couldn't they have there. just told which side everyone's on from that? It's easy to tell what side you're on. You dress all and black and don't have any lines <laughs> shouting and waving your wand I like that defensive Hogwarts set piece that's mm. just enough magic and shit for me maybe not blowing up a bridge and then it got all very CG fighting I was just in it for Voldemort we've got heaps of Voldemort in this one yeah and he just looks so fucking good such a good movie creation absolutely the taking his nose off got those little snake nose nostril things he looked great he acted great his mouth moves great makeup's great like you said holds his wand delicately precisely yeah. maybe real bastard to his mouth Somebody be like, sir, kill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sort of evilness that comes through. I know you're not a big HBC fan, but I really think Bellatrix made it awesome. Not a 2IC, but whatever. She was like the main henchman, I suppose. Yeah, she was. She was the whole ending of she, Seven A. Yeah, she added something a bit more to it. I think she added a bit of a mad equality to Jard when I watched her. Plus, I've got that anti thing for her. Mm. She was right though. She wasn't as bad as I thought she was going to be. I thought she was awesome. Sometimes that shone through. They never really cast her in movies that don't require gigantic theatricality. But like the scene at the boardroom table when she's like, "Can I kill him?" and he's like, "No, you can't." She's like. 
looks down and it was a bit too, too much. much for you. Well, it was a little bit. Okay. But some parts shone through. It was genuine. Whereas with Dolores Umbridge, she's a fantastic actress and she did incredibly well in this series, but so much so at being loathsome. I usually love watching her on screen. She was so loathsome in this. She acted so fucking well that she'd come on and you'd go, oh, she's back, sort of thing. Yeah. Just because she did so fucking well. Which is credit to her, but. There wasn't that much of her, though. There was a lot of her sitting around smiling. In the series. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, across. Yeah, that's true. Ron manages to piss off in a puff again and come back at the nick of time. Man, he's my favourite of the ongoing characters. He's You're a Rupert Grint fan, aren't you? I'm a Rupert Grint fan. There's nothing wrong with that. He's so funny. He does have some good one-liners. There's a little sideways mouth and stuff. <laughs> he's a good foil for Hermione as well. It's, uh, but every fucking well. movie, they make him throw a tantrum and storm off, and he's not in the story for a large chunk of it. Yeah. It's fucking annoying, because Harry's too serious. Harry's a bit of a somber. And Hermione's just a dick. Hermione's like having an android along. Yeah. Like a computer with no personality that you turn to Francis. <laughs> Marvin the Depressed. But also a stroppy one. I don't know what anyone sees in it, but whatever. You do need her in the story, because they couldn't have put an android There's in it. There's nothing wrong with Emma Watson. Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't know that. She's all yours for her. <laughs> Put it on my list. Has she done anything else? Who knows? 7A and 7B together as one film. Yeah, it was a lot of fun and we had a lot of time with characters that we love a lot, which is really cool. And here's something, the crowd didn't annoy me. Normally that's the sort of shit that would throw me right off, but I, I must have different rules for midnight screenings hidden away in there somewhere. I categorize shit easily. Yeah. So it dropped into Infectious. They were like a mini marathon crowd. They were into it. They did the roll call at the end. John Hurt finally got a scene. Little fucking Warwick Davis got, I think it might be his first speaking. Professor Flitwick. Well, no, Grip Hook. He's yeah. both, but I mean, Grip Hook, he got a scene in this one. And then in the corners, you could see Jim Broadbent as. Yeah. Um, come on, here, here, here's the test. Nah, fuck Jim Broadbent's character. He was one of the dark arts, but he was a sookie guy. He stole the memories off him. He taught Voldemort about Horcruxes. Professor Slug Slughorn. Slughorn. Horace. I'll give you that. Horace. I'll give you that. <laughs> Emma Thompson was just there for a second, even though I didn't like her character. See, she pushed it too far to me. You were saying HBC throws herself in too much? Who? Professor Trelawney. The uh, soothsayer. She's an actress I adore. She was three seconds to screen it just panned past her she had nothing in this film I'm talking oh, across the whole lot oh, I lost you yeah I thought you were like I hated her cameo I was like oh, you right. hated that three seconds <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what if Moaning Myrtle would have been in it for three seconds well, man, I would have hated fucking panic. I thought they were going to Moaning Myrtle <laughs> holy shit and I was dreading it actually even Hagrid didn't have a proper... I reckon they film more of that and they cut it for some reason. He Could plays a big part in that fight. He's whomping with his little umbrella wand. And then they defeat him and capture him. Mm -mm -mm. Shit like, you know, Maggie Smith gets her moment. She got to be your... Leader of the army. Yeah. Which is cool because she's had a... Not a thankless role, but she's had a lot of screen time. And she's unaware all the time. Yeah. Like the kids are doing important fucking things. And she's like, you really should be in bed. Come on, she's cooler than that. I think she is in the book. I think she secretly knows. Which is why at the end when Potter rocks in and it's like... Good to see you. She had an air about her that she kind of knew he was one of the good ones, but she hasn't given them much leeway throughout. And the films have made her come across slightly dopey. Yeah, she oh, had you get it, woman. two good scenes there. Defeat Snape at that little one jewel and take command of the castle. Yeah. That's what I like of that castle stuff. I was getting chills and shit in the right spot. You know, I'm man enough to not squeal like little girls, but that was a good wrap-up to the film side of Potter, I reckon. Maybe 5, 6, and 7A, I was getting choked up at certain moments. I'd get excited at certain moments. Yeah, works. 7B was back to it was a film. Oh yeah. It did its job. I didn't get much from it though. It had to be there but shame it took so long. Yeah. I agree with you it should have been the last half hour of 7A. Yeah. However it's a whole thing though. 6 7A and 7B. Do you think the quest stuff went a bit overboard? Like there's too many things to find. They had to find people and there was a bit where the mirror came in. I was fucking losing track of all the shit they got to find. No one could keep count of the Horcruxes which was confusing the shit out of me because I'd never read the books or Wikipedia. <laughs> the first two 
two, they'd sort of killed by accident before they even knew they were on that quest. Yeah. And it really seemed like this series has been filmed before it was finished. I reckon you could kind of tell that. It had that kind of freestyle feeling about it. Yeah, totally. By the end of book five, he's been reactionary. He's done nothing. Mm. Rattle off the shit Harry actually achieves. There's that bad teacher in the first one. Bad teacher. With a double-headed face. Oh, that's right. He touches him with his love hands. And the guy explodes or something. Yeah. And then two, his friends help him cut the head off a snake. Number Which three. was the first Horcrux. So that was important later oh, on. Oh, he stabbed the, the, the diary, yeah. When she wrote and they filmed number two, did they know that was a Horcrux? That seemed like an afterthought. Yeah, that did seem like an afterthought because it's just like, oh, by the way, it was a backstory. But yeah, I don't know if she decided on the soul splitting at the time or not. Yeah. J.K. Rowling said she had it planned out from the get-go and only changed like things up. Mm. But maybe, yeah. I mean, the word Horcrux might not have come to well at the end. I would be surprised if it was very planned out because it seemed to get to number five still not really knowing where it was going. But he's coming back. He's slowly getting stronger. They make him that body. He gets a body in the Goblet of Fire. Yes, he's not even a bad guy till four. And number three is all about meeting Sirius and Lupin and shit. And revealing that there were a bunch of people that fought to give an idea that he can be beaten and shit. And that clearly it's now Harry taking on the mantle. But in the first five, there's too much... Don't get me wrong. Eventually in the films, I did like all the school stuff, all the flirting and crushing, the prom and the antics in the classrooms and stuff like that. Like potion class and shit. Yeah, that eventually got really good. In the first ones, it was just taking up large portions of time. It wasn't good yet. It hadn't been refined. We didn't give a shit about the characters yet, so none of it mattered. And it seemed like it was filling gaps because they hadn't come up with the story yet. Yeah, the first one, I remember a lot of time standing in front of that bogart. Was that two? When Lupin's their teacher and there's like a door and the thing you're most afraid of will come through. Oh, yeah. For Ron, it's a spider. I think it's three, yeah. All of that shit is never used again. You learn a lot of magic that's it's irrelevant. You learn some useful stuff like stupefying adult-sized spells that they go on to save the world with. But let's say you had this big story plan in your head. Let's say you're George Lucas and you've got this big story and you go, I'm going to chop it up into eight, no, into seven chunks. Yeah. You wouldn't put, okay, in the first one, we meet the characters. In the second one, they learn stupefy. In the third one, you know, it's like, that's a waste of a chapter. Yeah, yeah. And then in the sixth and seventh, the entire story happens. They learn how to defeat the bad guy, they complete the quest, they have <laughs> seven pieces, and then they kill the bad guy. We get told about the seven pieces in like number five. So maybe the first four, they still didn't know what was happening. Yeah. By the end of number four, they'd created a bad guy. Yeah, but it was good though, because Harry hadn't become really a hero. They say he was a bit of a blithering kid until he formed his Dumbledore's army and shit, and they taught each other to fight. And then they have that first fight against, like they proactively go out to the ministry and run around that hall of memories. Sirius mm. falls through that window to death. That other plane or something well I couldn't really understand that actually in the book either <laughs> <laughs> at least in the book you can just flick back a page and go hang on yeah totally like he's running through <laughs> fighting and then he trips and falls through a like the ministry has like this open window or a portal in the middle of its dangerous things room and they're fighting the dangerous things room and he's fighting with someone and then like falls backwards and falls and it's just like like it's actually written like and then Sirius has fallen gone forever and Harry screams no it's like wow <laughs> it's like Van Damme and uh, Schwarzenegger having a punching match punch 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 Schwarzenegger explodes. Where'd he <laughs> Actually, go? Actually, I'll go further. He just wrote him out through a window. I didn't even realise it had happened. Like, it had been finalised. There's a bunch of action, and the action didn't stop at that either, because then Dumbledore arrives. Saves the day. Saves Harry. You know, Bellatrix gets out through the fireplace thing. All that's still happening after that. Then when they have the funeral or whatever they have, and you see... Give him the keys to the house or something. He gets that house. Already. Yeah, something happens, and they're all like, oh, so now Sirius is dead, and you're like, oh, did that happen? Did you rewind? No, you're in the cinema. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was fucking quick end. <laughs> Especially since they spent a whole 
movie setting him up. All number three was Order of the Phoenix setting up Sirius and, oh, he's my godfather, he's not a baddie, and blah, 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 blah. And then he just went so quickly. Yeah, so then Harry spends four sulking about that. Five getting his shit together or putting the puzzle together. Six, he does absolutely nothing and at the end of the book goes off on a quick trip. In the book it was anyway, sorry. And he really does sulk and whinge and there's a little bit of shit going on and poisoning and, and stuff like that. First 90% of the book, and at the very end, Dumbledore's like, oh, come with me to this island, that cave in the island. A lot of looking at memories. Fucking lame, by the way. Drinks that potion because he has to get the bottom, throws across that dead lake. Okay, hold my hand, we'll go back to school. Woof, and it's like, shit, they've been attacking for half an hour and they drop right in it and he gets killed and it ends. And it's like, wow, there's nothing in that book. He finds the book of the Half-Blood Prince at the beginning, so Harry's practicing spells from the Half-Blood Prince's book. Sectum Sempra. I think it's Malfoy in that one that's like trying to open that vanishing closet yeah. and shit. So they're trying to get that. That was the part of the book I was missing, the whole Malfoy backstory and Half-Blood Prince backstory, which was all Snape. Yeah, it was Snape's episode. Snape had six. He was the point of it, but he, he wasn't really in it that much. It was good at the start. When Harry uses a spell on Malfoy in the bathroom and he's fucking bleeding all over the place. Sectum Sempra. Say loudest? I don't know if they heard. They heard. <laughs> What do you have to whisper it? No, you have to hold a stick and shake and sweat. Well, it's got to have a dragon heartstring. Right. Sometimes he said, use my own spell against me or something. Yeah. Oh, I get it. Like, that was good. But then he's got that line, I am the half-blood prince. Thanks for that. <laughs> it's a really lame reveal. Because he hadn't been in much of the movie. don't get subtleties. I did think watching this, it didn't get adult enough at the last minute. They sort of peaked out there at, they didn't want to lose that core kid audience. Mm. Like, I said it got more adult and more adult, but then it didn't. It just sort of shifted gears. It went from all kitty to all teen. When he hugs fucking rubber elf boy, <sighs> that disappointed me. And there was lots of comedy in it, little stupid little giggles designed to... Imagine if Lucas had told the Star Wars trilogy in order, and in number one he had Jar Jar. Everyone said, we fucking hate that. And then imagine at the end, in the last one in Return of the Jedi, he brought Jar Jar back to save the day. It'd yeah, just that, be ridiculous. Dobby's the... only in number two and number seven. Exactly. Uh, it goes on a bit more in the book, but it's still like a, a quick write-out. It's like, we're stuck in the basement of the Death Eaters, the bad guy is on his way, you got seconds to live. She's upstairs torturing Hermione. You're stuck in a magical basement none of you can get out of. The really clever guy in the back who makes wand has said you're all fucked. Mirror, oh help. Dobby's like, yo, elf magic works by the way, wizard magic can't stop it. So freedom, everybody? Where do you want, where do you want to go? Safety. All of a sudden yeah. she's not torturing you You've got wands back and shit. That was lucky. Why didn't they send him to grab Voldemort and then bring him back quickly? Yeah. There was lots of coincidence. Oh, right place, right time. There was a lot of that, actually. I noticed that. There was a lot of magic. We can do wonderful things like the house has been trashed. I can wave my wand and it all gets put back to normal. Who put it back to normal, though? Dumbledore. Dumbledore. See, not everyone can. See, there's all these murky rules. No, no, he's just practiced a lot. When Minerva says that she's been looking forward to using that spell, that gets the defenses up. At the time, I was like, like, oh that's cool there's probably only fucking two people in the world that even know that spell there's different levels it's just knowing a phrase no no it's that's not that's all it's... that magic seems to be that's all the films made it out to be Hermione read more books so she knew more Latin so she was the most powerful at spells out of the kids Dumbledore had the world's most powerful weapon yet he wasn't that great against Voldemort the school needed help before that like look at all the trouble the school was in earlier in number 5 when Dolores Umbridge took over if the school itself can be a character and help anyway I'm supposed here i'm just saying that okay let's take hermione making a little wreath for the thing she didn't even say a word if you can just do a circle and it makes what you want to appear that could have been used a hundred times she didn't need to have a tent in the little bag she could have drawn a triangle and a tent would have been there the magic had no rules it was real flimsy they're just like we're gonna make it up on the day what their magic can do it's all 
locked down in the book. It's all locked down and shit. Explain the wreath thing then. The wreath thing, I think she's just like quickly growing flowers. Like there's rules about organic and stuff like that. Not rules about it, but like it's obvious that things are only organic and stuff. Rita Skeeter with a little pen that dictating. writes itself. Yeah. It's like enchanted, I suppose. It's an enchanted pen. The tent that can just be bigger on the inside. The bag that just holds shit. There's a lot of magic in it, you're right. But when I'm talking about lockdown, it's like the levels. Like Hermione just hasn't memorized more. You couldn't just carry a notepad around with it written for and you just be like, oh, oh I'm now found myself in a position where I need to clean my house. I'll just read the clean the house spell. It wasn't like that. In the films it was. And yeah, yeah, In yeah, the films it appeared like that. My comment was in the book, it's all locked mm. down. It's all much more locked down. So you respect Hermione because she studied the fuck out of it when the others are, are more... They go through it one day. You're really naturally good at it, Potter. Hermione, you're good at it because you study. Ron, you've got a lot of courage for a side character. But it was interesting, your comment, Dumbledore wasn't that good against Voldemort. In the book just to throw it at you. He's the only one that can even stand up to him full stop, which puts him infinitely better than everyone else that's ever around. Like, the fact that Potter can do it, it's a fluke. Like, no one can ever fight Voldemort. He's infinitely... Yeah, but these levels are only told to us. He's on level this. He's on level this. He's on level that. Why? How do you get to become a good wizard? It never explains anything. Oh, yeah, yeah. It does in the book. Like, Dumbledore's always been bloody good since he studied his ass off at school. So there's natural talent and then education on top of it. So maybe there's, like, a, someone that's good at business and you can have some Someone that's great at business and if there's someone that's great at business also does an MBA and then gets a doctorate he's gonna fucking be CEO of McDonald's sort of thing what? Dumbledore was the CEO of McDonald's he was a bloody gifted sportsman or magician and then studied and educated himself at home and then traveled and learned things and just learned a lot just spent his entire life learning spent life dueling the great wizards and, and fought his way to the top he was the world's greatest wizard sort of thing that wasn't that evil bastard and the evil bastard was only really good because he was even more naturally gifted and he also spent his time learning the fuck out of things he used bad magic as well which is why he got unnaturally strong it's hard to see gifted at what because there doesn't seem to be any talent involved because it literally is pointing a stick and saying something or even not saying something in Dumbledore's case if you were a talented athlete you could see look at the way he does that how he's controlled his body to do that or you know he's mastered this aim or whatever in the wizarding world it's just a that guy's better than that guy trust me no I think there was some natural ability but there was also like to what point a stick yeah holding the stick the waving of the stick the motion the stressing the syllables and the word and stuff saying it with the right inclinations and then practicing the whole thing it was a whole thing to it they sort of cover it when Harry's like practicing his Patronus he's saying the words exactly right and doing the motion exactly right each time but he's slowly getting better at it yeah when Harry's training Dumbledore's army in that secret room and that and everyone else is getting it wrong and stuff but it just looked so easy. It looked like learning an Xbox game. I could do that. Whereas yeah, if you watch but you can also athlete, appreciate... you go, oh, I would never be as good Okay, let's go to the athlete one. What about that kid that's just incredible at Xbox? The dude that picks it up and is incredible at the first time. You think he's got some natural gaming ability. Whatever it is. Timing or... But timing and memory recall. timing or the speed or whatever. Yeah, so what if it's timing, memory recall and... a stick. I know, but it's like accurately pointing a stick, which takes skill. So like you could just say, well, I could paint the Sistine Chapel. It's like, no, he's pretty fucking accurate with that brush, man. Or How the... do you think the book explained that better than the films? Because I didn't get any of that from the films. Oh, I don't know how it did. It definitely covered it. Didn't they show scenes of like trying to make a fairy fly at the start or something? Wingardium Leviosa, which raises shit. Yeah, but still, it just said, that guy's not good at it, that guy is. Yeah, why? What's so hard about it? Yeah, why is I that mean, guy bad at it? Who knows? It's what? pointing a stick and saying a word. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but if you walked into primary school and said, kids, everybody, two plus two, half would say four and half would say, I don't know. You don't question why that guy's good at maths and why that guy's not. He's either naturally better at it or his parents taught him two plus two last night. Yeah, so then if you go and watch a film about these kids that are really good at adding <clears throat> two plus two, you're not impressed. 
Because you can do that. Yeah, but then there's a dude in the corner doing quadratic equations, and that's Dumbledore. They're all doing maths, and I'm like, oh, they're not all doing maths, bro. He's gotten to the stage where he can do quadratic equations in his head. He's doing long multiplication to the power of fucking 10 or something. Like, that's Dumbledore. He's a math freak. Yeah, but he we was can't really good see at maths. any of that. Oh, right, no. As I said, in the book. In the book, it makes it quite clear that Dumbledore's a math fucking genius, and it makes it quite clear that Voldemort's a math fucking genius who practices bad maths and is actually... Yeah, but just by telling you? I don't know. I don't know how I picked it up. It wasn't that hidden. Yeah, because they had... I can't imagine how you'd write it any better than... Well, they had a hell of a lot of time. If each book is fucking 20 hours of reading, mm. you can squeeze in about how... There's a lot of mention of how good Dumbledore is a lot of the time. That's why he's never around when the kids need him, because he's way better than everyone except Voldemort. You know, that snake wouldn't have been an issue. He can tidy a whole house. Yep, didn't get better. I'm going it was only this. It was only your comment. It's like, wow, he's, he's barely better than Voldemort. I'm like, even though he's against him, is incredible. He was holding the world's most powerful wand. Yeah, I, I, they he's introduced the world's that. most powerful wizard with the world's most powerful wand. They introduced that way late. That is a hook, and I never realised that, but he's dead by the time you realise that he was undefeatable. So it's a catch-22. If they'd announced he was undefeatable in the first book, then it would be watch Dumbledore win because he's got the undefeatable wand but instead they kill him and then go by the way he was undefeatable Draco defeated him maybe that's yeah I don't know why Voldemort didn't kill him Voldemort's stronger than an unbeatable wand put it that way he's a pretty bad guy I enjoyed their wands hitting each other producing like slag I yeah, like, that. I like nice. that effect yeah the wand stuff got much much better in the second half of the octology there was a lot of shaking and sweating in the first ones that must have been so embarrassing to film but in our last ones what, ever since Voldemort fought Dumbledore it actually became like more of a lightsaber fight you know? yeah each one's got their own style that little short bad guy in the ministry that if it had just ran would have caught them earlier he refused to run for the first half of his chasing because they're playing fatty skinny and girly he's yes, like he doesn't yell out stop them once he just strides determinedly across the hallway that was bugging me <laughs> it's like you lazy fuck <laughs> it seems to me if you're in a one fight with bad wizards you can run away like that's a lot of what they're doing like a lot of the time they choose to run away like they ran through that forest for a long time and when you're on a bridge running away from them it's like any movie the walls will explode as the squibs explode you can run away from bullet fire you can run away from bad guys in a forest to make it much more dramatic there's a lot of that going on mm. I don't think there was much running in the books action films huh yeah in the books it would read like like, fuck the layups and over. Like, the, the wand fights are rapid. They tried to get that through. There's a lot of running before they pull the wand out. And then it's like, and then someone's left holding wands and someone's left not. Because the kids never kill anybody either. Like, for the long time, I don't think Potter uses that curse. And yeah, they're, they're certainly not like torturing. But there's a tiny bit of Imperi um, puppeting wand. They can't see that. <laughs> Puppeting one? Yeah, they make the bank manager do as they want. Oh, they blow colours in his face? Yeah, I think so. Glowing green soft light. They turn and then he turns very nice. He turns into his puppet, yeah. They oh, were controlling okay. him. He wasn't just like, I'm in the mood to help you. Closing thoughts, man. I liked it. It was a good wrap-up. But I went into it not expecting something different. Mm. I knew how it was going to end. I wanted to see how they filmed the ending she wrote that I've read that I've already liked. Mm. So that wasn't a question of, will I enjoy this? It was a question of, is anything going to annoy me? Mm. Or is it all going to be Potter? Nah, they gave the action scenes action, but more so... They they gave this, they gave that, and it was a bit more kiddie than I expected. And there's a few, you know, rubber monsters, but um, yeah, I liked it. Harry Potter, a okay. Thoughts? I find it hard to review just this one because it was just an ending to Rocket. Do the series. Another one. So yeah, I did enjoy the Potter series more, a lot more actually than I thought I would. Although it took way too fucking long to get there, I could totally excuse anyone who drops out much earlier because it's like the second half.
half of the eight is good. This was in my top ten looking forward to, FYI. I thought the writing was poor quite often, which I probably blame on JK, although I haven't read the books. I don't think the magic world was set up very well at all from the look of the movies. I think it was really flimsy. The rules just kept changing all the time. Make it up when you need to. There was far too many coincidences and people were just always there at the right time. Everything just fit into place. Really takes away from the heroes. Like, it's just luck and mates and favours and shit getting through. Love hands. Love hands. (laughs) But basically, it was the characters. Eventually, it built up a a, a really neat set of characters that were heightened, mostly, by a really decent cast. Yeah, that's good. Which takes away from the books because I felt the writing the most and I give the actors the biggest thumbs up. The book wouldn't have had that, so. I'm never reading the Harry Potter books. (laughs) Here we go. Case closed. In and out in two weeks. Good call. I think the movies are written for the people that read the books. Like, sometimes they say it's not, sometimes they say it are. You get more from them, maybe. Shitloads to understand. I was watching it at some stage just trying to put myself in the mind of, of your mind, actually. Like, I wonder if he's getting all this fucking information left, right, and center. Obviously, I had a lot of questions. Why was she there? How did how did he get there? Why did they put the sword under ice? Why is Ron's mum at school? Where the fuck did Luna just come from? There was stuff that I wasn't getting, but when they would stop to explain things. They got the, what they needed to across. Harry Potter's dad being a bully. Snape loving Lily and all that shit. Yeah, they got that across. It's more they left things unexplained. That was silly. Probably thought, it's in the book. Fuck him. <laughs> yeah, that's it for Potter. I liked it. Nigel had more fun than he thought he would. That's pretty good, actually, for a kid's film series. Yeah. See you, Harry. That's fucking good right, actually. Go, JK. Enjoy your millions. <laughs> your trillions. Oh, man, that was some opinion about Harry Potter, wasn't it? Who do you think won? Potter? I can't remember. It was four weeks ago. It must have been me, surely. I've read them, so I'm allowed two opinions. <laughs> Didn't you say I flipped at the end? I should clarify my opinion about whether or not they became adult enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, I should just draw a line in the sand now and pick one? Yeah, at the start you said they were just, just, just adult enough. At the end you said the only shame was they weren't adult enough. Which what, is it? What did I want? What more adult <laughs> did I want? Like orgies and, and someone to get cancer. Like, <laughs> who knows? In hindsight, I loved all the books and the films. There you go. <laughs> Summed up in the thing. Okay, man. Back into the real world now. What's on now? This Mid- week. Mid-August, what's on? Yep. Yep. This week, the new ones are Mr. Nice. It's coming to Rialto. It's the true story. Oh, the drug dealer one with, um, yeah. what's his face? Reese Farns. That's how you say it. The wacky dude from Notting Hill. Yeah. And uh, many other better roles. Xenophilius Lovegood. Ooh, Xenophilius Lovegood. Yeah, Luke Lovegood's dad. <laughs> it's him and Remus Lupin. It's the true story of a Welsh weed smuggler called Howard Marks. The trailer looked pretty good. Kind it of did. amusing. Yeah. But premiered. March 10 South by Southwest So it took like 4 months to get here No March 10 Oh March Sorry 2010 It took 16 months to get here Yeah Wow Is that a good sign? Maybe it's been doing the rounds Maybe it's a low budget indie Oh watch it The trailer hooked me Yeah it's them And Crispin Glover Who's my guy Most people know him as Marty McFly's dad Peeva Trilogy Thin Man from Charlie's Angels. No one knows him from Beaver Trilogy. <laughs> oh, really? Well, that's a plug then. Apparently yeah. he played Andy Warhol in the Doors movie. Nice. And uh, the girl in it is Chloe Sevigny, who... Um... Now, are you sure that pronunciation's accurate then, Nigel? I looked it up. <laughs> I haven't seen her from a scene in The Brown Bunny, which I believe you have. Mm. But she's famous for her fucked up movies like Gummo and Kids and Julian Donkey Boy. I've seen her in Dogville and Broken Flowers. But anyway, pretty good cast and looked funny. What was the tagline? The nicest guy you'd ever want to be an international drug smuggler or something. Was it? I missed that. Oh, something like that. Whatever. <laughs> Wiki it, folks. Uh, speaking of delayed releases, another new one this week is The Double Hour, which came out in Italy, October 2009. Oh, wow, really? So it's coming up on its two-year birthday. We got an invite to the media premiere of that, thanks Rialto, mm. and um, I enjoyed it. Yeah, had a lot going for it. It looked beautiful. I loved all the cinematography and shit. I had a few issues with where it went. Oh, I didn't 
didn't say it was great. The so, ride is fun. And we both learnt that Chow, as in Chow, can be hello and goodbye. <laughs> you learn something every day, folks, I tell you. I'll stop calling them folks, that's so patronising. It's about a girl in a new relationship with an ex-cop who works as a security guard at a fancy villa and there's a robbery and shit goes a bit funny. Mm, succinct. You reckon Hitchcockian? Is that what they used on the brochure? Yeah, yeah, Hitchcockian I think is a word for it. The other new one this week is Billy T. The movie, which is opening every fucking where. What Kiwi couldn't go see that? Yeah. <laughs> he ruled the 80s. Mm. I wasn't alive in the 70s, so I wouldn't know, but he ruled the 80s. Like Singlet and Yellow Tower reading the news. <laughs> yeah. That shit's comedy gold. Where'd I get my bag? <laughs> it's directed too by the guy who made Came Hot Friday and shit like that, so he's right. probably the right guy to yeah, direct it. Yeah, totally. If there's anyone that knows shit, probably. But what's the film that. about? Is it a doco? Is it. From the trailer, it looked like it. Like yeah. a celebration of his life. So those are the three new ones that are on. Billy T, Mr. Nice, the drug one, mm. and the double hour, the yep. Italian thing. For the first time in ages, I popped open the Hoyt's website. and like I noticed, Sylvia Park? Yeah. I noticed they've got quite a few on that aren't playing anywhere else. Like, there's like Thomas the Tank Engine, and there's a concert playing at the moment from Faithless. Do you know them? Yeah, I know Faithless. My culture. I don't know. Trust me, I do. This is their breakup concert filmed in Brixton in April with their number one smash hit God as a DJ. I don't know what that is. You love concerts on the big screen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Gonna, gonna go to this? No, I don't know who they are. I'll play your song after this recording. How the fuck am I gonna get to Sylvia Park That's if true. you don't take me? It's bloody <laughs> South Auckland. How does anybody get there? But they have got one that did catch my interest. We just watched some stuff at the Hong Kong Film Fest. There's a new Hong Kong crime thing starting this week. Only at Sylvia Park for some reason. Overheard 2. It's from the writing directing duo that made Lost Bladesman and were largely responsible for the Infernal Affairs trilogy and here's how Hoyts has put it a celebrated stockbroker in Hong Kong is injured in a car accident the police discover a military surveillance device in the car wreck meanwhile a wiretapper is unveiling his extensive plan that targets the mysterious financial conglomerate the Landlord Club the fate of these three men soon intertwines in a cat and mouse game that may bring down the entire stock market. Okay, that sounds pretty good, actually. It's a part two, but... But Sylvia Park. I know, fuck <laughs> yeah. you got to fight your way through dragons and shit to get there. That's for a dick. Still, he's a blockbuster's on uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, which we were pretty cool with. Yep. Um, Cowboys it. and Aliens, which we're... We'll discuss on the next episode. Captain America, First Avenger. Loved it. Turned me around on 3D technology. And in the art houses, there's still How I Ended This Summer, which is the Russian thing about the two scientists and the Arctic Station. We're definitely going to cover that at a later date. Pom Wonderful presents the greatest film ever sold. Morgan Spurlock wanking it up on film again, yep. You said Morgan Spurlock. Oh, <laughs> fuck it. You should get a better name. Incendies, <laughs> uh, the French thing where they go to the Middle East. To find their dad, yep. And of course The Tempest is still playing uh, down at the Academy. It's barely holding on, but more people should see it. This is my special shout-out corner. What was sad is we went and saw that on Cheap Tuesday at the Academy. It was like eight, nine bucks each, and we literally were the only ones in the entire cinema. Yeah. which was good because it was the sort of film you could talk over and make jokes about because it's wacky and quirky at the same time very deep and Shakespearean one moment it's fucking incredibly awesome the next moment you're like what the fuck was that I know and then it'll be like man Helen Mirren is really pouring her eye out into this acting and hang on a minute here comes a fake CG cloud whiz by or something it's like <laughs> pick your role then mm. Russell Brand will jump out of the bushes wearing like a dress and a tutu and spin some frivolous line and it's like oh, I cannot place this film I think it's definitely worth to watch though I was quite excited by it 
Shakespeare. I can sum it up. It's like no Shakespeare you'll ever see. <laughs> Even after Bears? Post Bears? That was wicked. I was deeply in love with Romeo plus Juliet. I wasn't. Hack. And I still <laughs> like The Tempest. You've seen Cars 2, right? Because mm. I keep going on to the audience about Nigel's going to watch Cars 2 and he's going to report back how shit it is and I'm going to laugh it up. Give us a 30 second synopsis of Cars 2. It was thoroughly enjoyable and it was Pixar's first shot at a British spy movie. It was an international British spy movie centred around an international car race in London. Paris and Japan? Italy and Japan. They had to go to Paris for something in the middle as well. Yeah, really good, really funny, really brilliantly animated. Unfortunately, the lead character is a cock. Would I have been able to look past my hate for the entire franchise and appreciate the British spyness? Nah. I would have walked out hating it. I can't tell, man. We saw the trailer for Johnny English 2, which is Rowan Atkinson. Woo. Now, there's no fucking way I'm going to see a Rowan Atkinson comedy at the cinema. I'm not even sure I'd watch it if I was in a lounge and it came on TV. I wouldn't. You're not going to go see it? I'd switch it off angrily. No, I loathe the look of it. Because it would look stupid, right? Yeah. Next time we have another one of our, but how can you tell this shit? I can reference that. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> cool. Cool. That's how our new benchmark. How bad did it look? But that trailer appeals to like a lot of people. The couple in front of us were cracking up. Yeah. Horses for courses, bro. Some people have zero taste. <laughs> Two special mentions, just to finish off. If you like hanging out under libraries, Film Society has got The Woman with the Five Elephants coming up, and The Five Elephants refers to Dostoevsky's Five Massive Books, Crime and Punishment, and whatever those other ones were. War and Peace. It's no, that a... was Tolstoy. How embarrassing. Oh, who doesn't know the Dostoevsky? I have no idea, bro. There's a doco about a Ukrainian lady who spent her entire life translating Russian literature into German. She's 85 years old now and still going. Apparently it's filled with deadpan humour and it covers her trip back to Kiev for the first time since she took off in 43. Radical. They're doing this little series at the moment at Film Society of docos on interesting people you never would have heard of. Like that, Gary Kasparov. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just watched one on the guy who quit building the atom bomb. Atom. Atom bomb. Shiny boots governor, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the guy who quit building the atom bomb. He was in... Uh... Atomic. <laughs> <laughs> He switched and changed for good, and it was that was pretty cool, man. Really interesting. Film Society. It's 30, 30 bucks for three film pass, or one hundred and sixty five for a year, which nerds like me do. I rocked a thirty pass. You don't all have to be. That's ten dollars a film, man. Yeah, but my <laughs> way it works out to like five fifty a film. But you have to go to fifty films. <laughs> thirty something over the year. They take big breaks. Well, you but... should correct me, bro. <laughs> Moving on, the Japanese Consulate General of Japan uh, does these free screenings at the university. Shit venue, gotta say. Double lecture screens, like as if you're... Yeah, it's really weird watching a film on two screens. Your eyes keep flicking over to the other one, it's really distracting. Yeah. However, they're free, and some of them are really good. This one is Summer Wars, which is from last year's festival. Yeah, last year's festival. You and Nate went and saw it, both loved it, I think. Yeah, really fun. It's a bit goofy. It's like a teen romance in the middle of world destruction again, which I don't know why, I just love that specific thing. This kid who happens to be a math genius gets invited by the crush of his life out to her grandma's 90th birthday or something and the whole extended family's there. World destruction starts happening. Some AI on the internet goes wild and starts controlling all the machines in the world. It's only if we've got the world's greatest magician here we can save the day. He's like, well, I'm the world's greatest magician. Mathematician. Mathematician. Did I say magician? (laughs) Sectum Sempra. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Harry Potter episode. Aucklanders, go to the library, look it up, Google it. Auckland University library and see a free film so film society's under the Auckland library this one's on under the Auckland University library Thursday the 25th of August 7.30 easy to find on the web easy to find these big signs up pointing the way free and you get to sit in the lecture (laughs) theatre fucking free films man how can people not like alright it's a bit cold go watch a free film awesome man that's what's happening that's a wrap 
Fuck, I can't believe I know all those spells off by heart. It's so embarrassing. You fucked up on one, actually. Not fucked up, you gave up halfway through. The puppet one. You said, in pop... In the puppet thing. Four weeks later, now do you know it? Aveda Kedavra kills them, Cruciasis tortures them, and yeah, no, I don't know the puppet one. How embarrassing. Do you? No, no, I don't. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> I'm going to go look it up right now. Sign off without saying ciao, because that's hello. Um, uh, <laughs> Arrivederci. <laughs> See ya.